As you may have noticed from the first two readings this morning, the theme for the day is joy. It's a good theme. And I don't know about you, but I can certainly get down as a response to life, the universe, and everything these days. I could certainly use more joy in my life. I think you're probably the same. And it's precisely rejoicing in the Lord that St. Paul tells us is how the peace of God, which is beyond all understanding, comes to rest upon us, to guard our hearts and minds. The word rejoice comes into English through French, with Latin as its ultimate root. Gaudere in Latin means to be glad. In French, rejoir took on the additional shades of meaning to welcome and to enjoy. So now when we say we rejoice in something or someone, we're not only being glad about it, but we are also, in a sense, welcoming it, taking it into ourselves and enjoying the presence. Now the prophet Zephaniah in the first reading tells the people of Israel that it is God who is going to rejoice in Israel, not the other way around. It is God who will draw Israel to himself and revel in her presence. Israel on her part is called to be glad because God has removed the judgment against her and turned away her enemies. How beautiful to be told, you have no further misfortune, you need fear. Unlike the prophet, St. Paul makes no qualification in addressing the Philippians. The Philippians, and indeed all Christians, are to rejoice in the Lord always, period. Why? Because the Lord is near. Often, we are sad and downcast because we forget this truth. We get caught up in all that is wrong with ourselves, with others, and with the world at large, and that chasm between us and God grows. St. Augustine famously said, O Lord, you were close to me, and I was far from you whether it be because of our sinfulness, our forgetfulness, or for any other reason, we can certainly feel that separation, that distance from God. The ironic reality, though, is that God, as St. Augustine said, is always close to us, whether we perceive or acknowledge it or not. If he weren't, to put it bluntly, we wouldn't exist at all. And because we are intimately connected to God at all times, like spokes on a wheel, we are also fundamentally connected to everyone and everything around us. Because God is the ground of all being, it cannot be otherwise. 
St. Paul also provides the link between this theme of rejoicing and the seemingly disconnected gospel passage about John the Baptist being grilled by the crowds. Rather, it is that acts of unselfishness that is to mirror our rejoicing in the nearness of God. These crowds have all been baptized by John. They've all come confessing their sins and embracing his message to repent. And now they're asking, how do we get started? And John gives very simple, practical advice. Now, these aren't going to be the only things these crowd members do to manifest their conversion. It's going to be the beginning. And it's so, as is so often the case, often the hardest thing is to get started. John is just trying to get these fledglings out of the nest and out into the world doing these good deeds as a sign of their conversion. The season of Advent is meant to both increase our joy and to heighten our anticipation. The readings of Advent remind us that despite everything, God still loves and rejoices not just in humanity in general, but in you and me very particularly. From just after the fall of our first parents, all throughout salvation history, God has manifested a burning, overarching desire to be close to his creatures. From his simple question in the garden, where are you? To every prophet's call to repentance, God has shown that he wants us to feel as close to him as he is to us. This is the fundamental source of all of our joy, that God is with us, always has been and always will be. That's why Advent, and particularly today, reminds us to be joyful. But there's a problem, isn't there always? Sin. Sin prevents us from drawing close to God because, of course, God and evil cannot coexist. That's why repentance, turning away from sin, has always been the very beginning of the Christian message. Except for our blessed Lord and his mother, every human being is marred by sin. All of us need to be cleansed of sin in order to make this intimacy with God a reality. Otherwise, like Augustine, God will be close to us, but we will be far from him. Repentance and healing from sin is an ongoing process because it is deeply rooted in us. It's like unpeeling an onion. There's layer after layer after layer. And like 
unpeeling and working with a real onion, sometimes tears are involved. Uh, that cleansing flow from our sins. And sometimes, like the crowds with John the Baptist, we need help in getting started or simply getting unstuck from where we are. So as we continue this Advent season and we attempt to actively draw close to our God, embracing that welcoming sense of rejoicing and allowing God to enter ever more deeply into our lives, we reject our sins, our sinful inclinations, and even just our, bad, our plain bad habits. And as we do this, it should get easier and more natural. As we come close to the source of all of our joy, lesser false joys simply fall away. In their place, that peace of God that surpasses all understanding not only guards our minds and our hearts, but it fills them. This is the joy of Advent. This is the joy of repentance. This is the joy of God rejoicing in us, rejoicing that we be near to him. And for our part, us returning that embrace, embracing the fullness of life that God offers us in Jesus. <laughs>